Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Trumbull letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Everybody, welcome back to Trouble the Horror Movie Podcast. Happy New Year. 2024 is here. It can't be any worse than 2023, right? Uh with us, as always, is Steven Taylor. How are you two doing? Pretty good. Yeah, Wishing I had some more vacation time, but good otherwise. Oh yeah, I definitely agree with that too. Yeah. Would love more time off, but uh yeah, no back at it for another another year. I definitely was doing the thing where I was back from holiday break and I was already planning my next vacation. So I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, new year. We got a bunch of cool, uh, movies to talk about this year, uh, including this week's. Cause I feel like this week's it'll be interesting because Steve Miner directed, um, uh, a couple of Friday the 13th movies. He directed part two and part three. And then he kind of just peaced out for a bit and he came back in the 90s and he directed a few other Halloween, well, a few other horror movies, including Halloween H2O, which we're going to talk about. But he also did this movie, Lake Placid, which we're talking about. Uh, I, I feel like Lake Placid is not a great movie, but it's <laughs> great in that whoever like you could tell the cast were just having fun with this mm. I, don't, I don't know how i would i'd be so curious how much of the dialogue in this was ad-libbed like just by the actors and how much of this was in the script because i kind of have doubts that the script was this witty but i could be <laughs> wrong <laughs> also this should be should be noted that this is steve Miner's second to last theatrically released film yeah because uh. Texas Rangers in 2001 was his last direct uh, was his last um, commercially released film, um, and then um, the Day of the Dead reimagining remake, whatever the hell that thing was, was uh, relegated to direct video, and he did a movie with uh, Jessica Simpson called Private Valentine that was also relegated to direct to video. What a great trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. He uh Yeah. I think I think he's a he's a director that really thrived in the eighties and nineties and thrived being like a loose term because obviously certain directors did a lot better than he he did, but mm-hmm. I think for him at least, like his like, you know, during the eighties he did yeah, the Friday the thirteenth, he did House, Warlock. Warlock, and, yeah. Yeah. Warlock, I'm sure a lot of people's minds that the actor passed away. Um, and then, yeah, in the 90s, he did a bunch of stuff, but then, yeah, eventually went back to horror for a bit there. It's funny because you could tell, like, from his filmography that for a while he was like, mm, I'm not doing any more horror movies. I'm, I'm done. I'm taking a break. But then I'm sure the rest of the movies he did were, did not uh, get as well received, so he went back to horror, which is <laughs> funny. 
It's also kind of funny, too, because, like, everyone always knocks Halloween H2O for being very Dawson's Creek. And you know who directed four episodes of Dawson's Creek? Steve Miner. So. (laughs) (laughs) There's probably something to that. Um... Yeah, so what is Lake Placid even about? I mean, this is not a overly complicated plot to break down, but four people attempt to stop a gigantic crocodile who is terrorizing residents in Black Lake, Maine. Uh, which, funny enough, was actually filmed here in BC. Uh, yep, Bunsen. There's a few lakes that they use. They use Hayward Lake, Elouette Lake. There's a few different lakes. But what I always find funny is they cut to different parts of the lake in this, and it mm-hmm. becomes a completely different lake entirely. <laughs> like, that is not even the same lake, dude. Um, but yeah. Uh, when was the first time we watched this movie? Uh, when it got the VHS release in uh, 98. Hmm. I'm pretty sure I saw parts of it on TV as a kid at some point. Okay. And mostly just because I remember being terrified of crocodiles in lakes after that, even though crocodiles in lakes up here don't aren't really a thing. But that was also the whole plot of the movie is that they're not in Maine either. So uh, I don't think I watched the full movie, though. I think it was just little bits and pieces. And then I was like, no, I'm good as a kid and uh, watched it again for the podcast. And now you're afraid of lakes all over again. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mostly afraid of... Oh, yeah. Sorry, I just want to fact check myself and say 2000 because it came out in 99. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I can't have watched it in 98. <laughs> no. Unless you're a time traveler. Uh, well, Go back you know. in time. It's like, what do you want to do with all this power you have? I want to watch Lake Placid. Lake Placid before, before it comes out. <laughs> 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 Uh-huh. do with my immense power um yeah so they were actually filming this around the area that i lived when i was growing up and they actually did a screening for residents so oh cool yeah they showed the movie it was like a little community hall and it was kind of cool steve Miter was there and some of the cast so it was kind of cool to actually like i mean i was very young uh but like you, Taylor, this movie kind of scarred me because I used to go swimming in those lakes all the time. So now I see a movie where there's a fucking alligator, and now I'm like, I'm going to stay in the shallow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get too deep here. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Especially when it was filmed in a lake you actually lived in, you know? Oh, and then you watch that movie, and that's your lake. <laughs> yeah. I think there was a one point I was like, swimming in the lake and i look up and it was like the exact same like shot from the movie and it just dawned on me i'm like fuck get out of the water no uh <laughs> so yeah no that this this movie kind of fucked me up on swimming in lakes for a bit until i realized yeah there's no way alligators would live in these waters um yeah i think i remember a biology teacher too telling me that because they were like one time they were like, just ask a question, any question. No question is too stupid. And I'm like, let me test your theory here, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Should I be actually afraid of alligators in these lakes? He's like, no. So, but yeah, no, they, I, I think I remember it was, yeah, Steve Miner was at the screening. And I want to say Bill Pullman and Oliver Platt, I want to say, were the people that were there. 
Yeah, it was cool. They just showed it to residents and were like, this is what we did with your lakes. Um, but yeah. Um, all right. Uh, emails. Uh, Sean says, never watched it because of the bad reviews, but watch it for the podcast. It's fun. Mm, fun is a good word for it. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's good, but it's fun. Yeah. For a horror movie, it does have a very good kind of pace. Like, it's almost more like an action movie in that sense. Like, mm. Things move along pretty quickly. Things are going mm-hmm. on. Like, there's not a lot of dull moments in this. And then anytime there is, it's usually Betty White fucking, like, hamming it up. Which Chewing <laughs> the scenery. Come on. Yeah. She's, I mean, in a cast where you have... Like some really great people, uh, some kind of before they were really, really celebrated. And I'm looking at Brendan Gleeson and Oliver Platt in kind of that sense. Because, oh. mm. um, I mean, Pullman was already a fucking star by that point. You could really make an argument that Bill Pullman, this is his kind of like peak period. Yeah, roughly around here. Because th- I, I think rough. this is also around Lost Highway time as yeah. well. Lost and this is a. F- a few years after Independence Day. Yeah. Because Independence Day is 94, so this is five years later. Um, yeah, Bill Pullman fucking rules and still does to this day. Like, I will watch anything he's in. And it actually really made me miss Bridget Fonda, um, who's been away from making films for, I think, over 20 years now. Isn't she married to the composer? That... Yeah. Um, what's his name? Uh, Danny yeah. Elfman. That's it. Yeah, Danny Elfman, yeah. So when all those allegations came over Danny Elfman last year, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure life's not super awesome in that camp right now. Yeah. Um, which is kind of which is sad that those you know that that there are allegations against Danny Elfman because I was just super pumped that he was like basically going and touring doing Oingo Boingo stuff last year. Mm-hmm. And now we're just like, "Oh, fuck not you Mm. when it comes down to it but yeah i mean this is i mean the the cast of this film is way better than it deserves oh 100 yeah (laughs) i i don't i don't understand how you get that cast with this script unless you give everybody carte blanche to do whatever the hell they want with it which is i think what they did that they were probably like come visit the uh exotic british columbia (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) Come stay in one of their beautiful uh, hotels. Um, <laughs> I kid as somebody who lives here, but I just find it fun. Like I would, I would love to see someone try to sell someone and filming a movie here, just being like, "Yeah, it rains like ninety percent of the time, but you know, it's still fun." <laughs> you can go to Whistler. Yeah, yeah, tourist trap. Go wa- go watch the steam clock while you're at it. You know? <laughs> yeah. <that's right. laughs> Um, okay, Kyler says, fun movie, watched a lot of this in Anaconda back in the day. I could see an Anaconda double feature with this. That actually yeah. oh, make a easy. lot of sense. Yeah. I will uh, say it's better than Anaconda, too. Oh, yeah, I was about to say, like, if we're, like, comparing Anaconda to this, Anaconda is, like, a way shittier film. Like, oh, for sure. <laughs> and it has so many more dumb, unforgivable things in that movie mm-hmm. than, like, Placid does. I think... 
when you look at the Anaconda cast too, it's such like a snapshot of 90s movies like John Voight, Jennifer Lopez, Ice Cube, Owen Wilson, Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz, yeah. yeah. And again, another one, a cast where the, 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 the film doesn't deserve that cast. No, no, 100%. <laughs> Back when Jennifer Lopez did movies, now she's just like, eh. I'm just gonna. Nah, she did the mother. She did uh, the mother last year. Oh, did she? She's been doing a one a year. Yeah, she did a Netflix action flick. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't bad actually. I just remember her from Hustlers a few years back. Uh yeah, because she also she did she she's done a year a movie a, a movie a year since then. Okay. Because she did marry me with uh, Owen Wilson the year before. Right. I do remember that movie, like, yeah. even though I don't. Had to remind me, but yeah. Um, maybe she should make an Anaconda reboot. There we go. That should be. Just tell. Okay, I would probably watch that though. Unfortunately. <laughs> ben Affleck can be in it just because you know she's got that. She can just you know tell him Ben be in this movie. That would be funny. <laughs> like a, a highbrow reboot of Anaconda. Oh, actually, she had two movies last year because she also had Shotgun Wedding with Josh Duhamel. Oh, yeah. There's some controversy with that movie. I can't remember what it was, but there was some, there was something going on with that movie. <laughs> um, okay. And then uh, Joe says, Gleason and Platt have great banter in this movie. Their dialogue constantly had me laughing. Yeah. Oliver Platt is really an MVP in so many different projects that he does. Mm-hmm. And it's be- I, it, it has to be down to there's certain deliveries that only he can give. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, yeah. It, it's fully on showcase in this movie. I mean, if you're going to have someone play a crocodile expert who's like a professor, he kind of looks like the kind of person I would imagine. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, kudos. Because you, you sell me on this being an idea. <laughs> like his name's Hector. He's got some crazy facial hair going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think this was like not too long. I think this was around the same time he was also in Bicentennial Man, which that movie is hot garbage. But <laughs> it was just an excuse for Chris Columbus and uh, Robin Williams to work together again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, awards, uh, best line. I put this, uh, gem of a line from Betty White where she says, if I had a dick, this is where I tell you to suck it. Mm. Yeah. I'd say all of her script. Any line that she gives is like gold. Yeah. Oh, she was fucking loving it too. Yeah. I, I had a hard time differentiating my favorite lines, but that's probably the top one, but it almost feel like she wrote that one herself too. Oh, hundred percent. She's like, I'm yeah. in a cheesy horror movie. Yeah, I'm going to say stupid shit like this, because why not? Yeah. There's so much great sass. Yeah. yeah. And I love that her name is Mrs. Bickerman. <laughs> and there's so many weird things about her character, too. Like, where she mentions that her husband died, and it seems kind of nebulous on what happened to him. And I'm like, did he just get eaten by the gator? Like, You for sure did. Like, But it's the way that she phrases it. It's like, oh, we don't know what happened to him. And I'm like, I'm like probably got eaten by a gator right but yeah yeah no and yeah like 
it's funny because like a lot of these actors seemingly just understood the assignment and they were all just mm-hmm. having fun, but nobody understood the assignment better than Betty White because you you know she does a lot of different movies or did a lot of different movies and a bunch of different genres, but I think this was one of the only horror movies she ever did. I want to say unless yeah. Someone's probably going to correct me on some, like, one she did in, like, the 60s or something, but... <laughs> but no, like, it just seems like, you know, this is just... Uh, like, she didn't do a lot of horror movies, so it just seems like she was just having fun with it, which I think is, is yeah. great, so... Yeah. I'm a little sad we didn't get a, a sequel to Lake Placid where she raises a bunch of little gator babies into giant gators, and then they all go on a rampage, and for some reason she's their mama. I think that would have been a great movie. There is a I mean, we... There's three. Yeah. Four. Sorry, four. No, oh shit. There's there's a lot. There's five. Wait, five oh my god, sequels. really? Lake Placid two with John Schneider. Fuck John Schneider, by the way. Yeah. Um Lake Placid three with Colin Ferguson from Eureka. Um, and then there was uh Lake Placid versus Anaconda with uh Corin Nemec from Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Oh, before that, sorry, it was Lake Placid the final chapter with Elizabeth Rom. Uh, and then it was like Placid versus Anaconda. So there you go, Kurt. They're combining com- uh, they're p- combining um, franchises that you directly linked there. Yeah. Um, and then in 2018, sci-fi original Lake Placid Legacy. Oh my God! The the on Wikipedia, the DVD poster or whatever for Lake Placid versus Anaconda is so fucking bad. It, mm-hmm. I I might have to watch this movie. It might end up being boring bad and not good bad. But just based off of this alone, I might I might have to do a like Plastin series watch. It's got a but, one point seven average rating on Letterbox, which really is That's funny. hilarious. Yeah. Oh god. It could My... be good bad. It could be good bad. <laughs> this is this is and, and this is a something towards the some facets of the horror industry that give it like from outsiders give it that weird bad name. It's like why would you make four additional films to Lake Placid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, does this, when we're, when you were, when you were watching this film, did you feel like this needs to be a massive franchise? I mean, yeah. it definitely yeah. seemed like it leaves a little bit of a thread for a sequel. Cause like Betty White's feeding the little baby alligators at the end there. And you're like, Oh, okay. Like you're setting up a sequel. Um, like I knew they made sequels. I've never actually yeah. watched any of them. So, but I don't know. think, I don't think the point, I, I don't think the point is sequel when, when you have her feeding the gators at the end. I think it's just like a funny little tag on the movie because we can't look at Mrs. Bickerman as a villain because that's how you make a franchise is okay. She's a villain that's perpetuating all of this stuff mm-hmm. and that she's just like this bloodthirsty serial killer. And you can't get that out of the Miss Bickerman character, really. I think it's just a funny tag that, yeah. The that life in Lake Placid continues with this, these gators. Yeah, yeah. I I really doubt any of the sequels capture. Like there was a little bit of comedy to this one with the banter back and forth with the characters, mm-hmm. like you guys have been talking about. And I really doubt, even before watching any of the sequels, that they capture that in the same way. They're probably played straight, which is probably going to be mm-hmm. pretty boring when I wind mm-hmm. up doing a watch of the series uh, in total. But. Um, yeah, I just, I, I can't see them, especially if none of the actors return for the later sequels, it's just not going to be there. It's just not going to be the same movie at all. It's just going to be schlock probably, uh, which is unfortunate because they could have leaned into the comedy aspect of it 
with the sequels, but I doubt that was ever the intention. Yeah, whatever they got, whatever good things are in Lake Placid um, are lightning in a bottle, and they can't be reproduced, and and they can't be gained on, because yeah. it was almost, and I'll say it here, it was almost a fucking fluke that this movie works as well as it does in the first place. I mean, it <laughs> yeah. did so well, well, at least financially, because... It came out at a time when those kind of movies were doing pretty well. I mean, yeah, there was Anaconda. There was also Deep Blue Sea. Like, mm -hmm. creature horror movies in the late 90s was a thing. Like, uh, you know, I don't know if it went on forever. But, yeah. It's interesting, though, because I'm looking at the sequel. And they replaced Betty White with Cloris Leachman in the sequel. And I love Cloris, but they're two very different yeah. performers. Like, Betty plays the innocent angle better mm -hmm. even though you know she's obviously like not innocent but yeah Cloris Leachman I think would be a little too like oh yeah you can just take a look at her and tell she's up to something so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah exactly um I, but I will say like box office wise like this movie is the the budget of it was like 27 to 35 million and that's pr your practical budget that's like your film budget plus they never add um, advertisement to that, mm -hmm. and the box, the full worldwide box office pull was fifty six point nine million. Oh, okay. So it didn't double. Yeah, it didn't double its box office all, but yet still made five more movies. <laughs> well, this was also like out of time too of like home video too, so it it might have done yeah. better on home video too. I guess so. Yeah. This. I mean the the this yeah. Theatrically wise, it's nothing to bark about at all, at all. I did also didn't realize it was Stan Winston that did all the creature effects on that. Oh, okay. I mean, just a master. It's pretty solid. Like, there's some parts, especially like at the end, where they have the full gator out and about at the end of the movie, and I'm like, that was mm -hmm. really good. Like for the time, like you can tell it's definitely aged, but like, yeah, still it like if you're putting it in on your 1999 lens and looking at it you're like this is actually not bad like pretty solid for the time yeah the, the practical effects of the croc are really cool actually like you you can kind of see the scale of it in the film and it would be really fucking terrifying to be n anywhere near that in real life oh, 100%. Um... i find it fucked up that this movie was written by david e kelly the creator of ally mcbeal wasn't he also like on a show as well? Because I think he was an actor too. David E. Kelly? Mm, I'm not too sure. I know he's married to Michelle Pfeiffer though. Oh god, I want to say he was like on some show too. Uh, it's gonna bug me now. But like, <laughs> I swear he was like acting on a show too. Uh, let's see. Oh, maybe not. Maybe I'm just going crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I don't remember seeing David E. Kelly on screen before, unless it was an interview. Okay, never mind. Never mind me. Uh, best performance in this movie. This is going to be tough because there's a lot of really good actors and actresses in this, but mm -hmm. I don't know. There's something about Bill Pullman in this. He kind of plays the kind of charming rogue pretty well in this. Mm. Um, Bill Pullman was daddy before the daddy the moniker. <laughs> if they had daddy back then he definitely would have been a daddy right sure. isn't he oozing daddy like every time you kind of see him like i go back to fucking casper and, all, and and even independence day the guy was always kind of oozing that that feel 
Yeah, you, he's the kind of guy, you, he might just take care of you if you ask him to, you know? That's, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And Bill Pullman's a good dude. Yeah. I do love how Hollywood is always forcing Bill Pullman as a leading man on everybody, and I don't know if I always buy it, but I'm like, there's there's movies like this where I'm like, okay, I, I, I kind of get what you're going for. I still <laughs> think he's like, I don't know, he's kind of like a weird person for a leading man, I would say, but like... I don't know. There's some movies where he pulls it off, like, and I think this is definitely one of them where I'm like, okay, you're, you're, you're pretty good as the lead in this movie. <clears throat> hmm Yeah, it's tough because I, along with one of the emailers, loved uh, Brendan Gleeson and Oliver Platt. Just their characters, their chem- characters almost had like chemistry together. Like, mm-hmm. to the point where I was like, oh, they might wind up in a, in a romance. This might be romance. But no, that was that was not, not it for the time, I think. But um, it was just so fun. Like, I, I think if their characters hadn't have been in this movie, it would have been... Well, other than Betty White, too. It would have been a little milk toast, and it would have been just one of those, like, meh kind of movies. So... I might, I might go with Oliver Platt for my best performance just because, yeah, without his character, especially in this movie, just being like a shit disturber, um, I don't think there would have been anything really drawing me in quite as much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What about you, Steve? Uh, I'm going to... just Betty White. I just I adore mm. her in this movie a lot. Miss Bickerman's a lot of fun, but it really is like pushing down your favorites to elevate one favorite because I, I mean I would also put Bill Pullman in there, Oliver Platt in there. I mean everyone's just kind of bringing it, but yeah, the one that's having the most fun is clearly Betty White. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you always hear of, like, some actors and actresses that, like, have done certain roles their entire career, and then they get to do something like, like a horror movie, and they're just ecstatic because it's like, I never get to do this. This is something kind of refreshing and new for me. And I get that vibe from Betty White. Like, she probably, yeah, like, she does a lot of, like, comedy, drama, you know, movies, and then gets to do a horror movie, and she's probably, like, fucking, like, let's go. This is something different for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And then best kill. Uh, not a human, but I go with the bear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the bear's was, good. Yeah. The, the bear or the crocodile at the end that just fucking explodes. Like, that one is pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, and then when that dude gets his head just ripped mm-hmm. cl- clean off, as if the croc's teeth were like razors instead of actual teeth for some reason. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of hilarious to me. Yeah, I, I like the beheading. It's goofy as all fuck, though. Just like Taylor <laughs> says, it's just fucking weird um, and kind of hilarious. Um, the cow. I dig the cow. Oh. So that's, that's a, a really good, fun one, too. There's a lot of good animal kills in this movie. The human yeah. Says, eh, whatever. But like, yeah. I just I, I like that this movie is like trying to establish that like the gator is the predominant like species in this lake. So they have a bear, which obviously in most other cases would be the like apex predator or whatever, and obviously gets eaten by the gator. You're like, oh no, we're not messing now. We got the fucking gator eating a bear. It's great. It's so stupid, but but yeah, the exploding gator at the end is also great too, just because they're like. 
oh no, don't kill this other this gator. We need to research it, and we need to, you know, like we need to keep it alive. And then the other one pops up, and then you can tell that uh, Brendan Gleeson's character is just like ready to just fucking kill a gator, so he just blows the other one up. So I think uh-huh. they, they should have done it in the sequel, where like that was like the other gator's like son that they blew up, and now it's out for vengeance. That would. <laughs> I don't know what they do in the sequel, but that should have been what they did. I, they probably didn't do that, but it would just be funny to see like the gator having a flashback and just see his son blow up. <laughs> you know, I was partially expecting, because if that was the gator, the big gator's uh, child, I was partially expecting the big gator to start freaking out and going like mama bear almost, yeah. because they just killed his croc son or whatever, but... Yeah, no, it was just, like, kind of over after that, and I was, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, dumbest decision in this movie. Uh, pretty much everything Betty White does in this movie is very stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, embracing an invasive species in a lake? Come on, Betty White. You should know better. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I was surprised. Like, the first time that they get knocked off the boat by... Um, the crocodile like the first time that the they go out on the water um i don't remember the char- the main chick's name the character's name but anyway she goes out on the boat they get knocked off into the water i would never ever ever have gone back into the water if i knew that there was a giant 30 foot crocodile that could tip my boat over and just plunge me right in there with it mm. no sir would i ever go back into that lake um, I'm honestly kind of surprised that they didn't play around with that a little bit more later on with them getting knocked out of the boats. The, the crocodile kind of just let them stay in the boat after that. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I thought even though it didn't really necessarily pan out too bad for most of the characters, that was still a very dumb decision. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think it's time to give this movie a score. What are we thinking for a score? I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Okay. It is ent- it is entertaining. Um it's got good it's got good pacing that I I think um makes you only think about the issues that the movie has like at the in the end credits. Mm-hmm. Um uh I I can't say I said I think I think I said it at the beginning of the episode, but I can't say the direction is very great on the movie. Like no. it doesn't excel for it doesn't excel from from direction or script at all. It basically survives on the charm of its cast and the um, quality of the special effects. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I I think I can be swayed by good characters in a movie probably more so than most people. So I probably I don't know if I would go as high as an eight, but like seven point five I think is what I'm going to give this. Um, especially with like, yeah, when Betty White showed up on screen, I was like, fuck Betty White's in this. Okay. I'm not going to hate this movie no matter what goes on. And then you find out who her character is and it just gets wacky. And it, I just love, I love the wackiness. I'm a sucker for the wacky. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with a 7.5. I would even put this on a, a rewatch list. Um, just when I need something goofy to put on, um, that's, you know, horror. Uh, I would I would definitely put Lake Placid on again. Yeah, like whenever you do those like thirty one days of horror list, they're always like choose a creature feature or something. So you know, if I had to choose a creature feature, I would probably put Lake Placid in that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go a bit higher. I'm giving this an eight. 
I probably am giving it a bump just slightly for nostalgia and also, you know, hometown bias. They filmed this mm. movie here. So I, I do enjoy this movie. Like, I, I think the material is not the greatest, but I think the uh, the cast is what elevates it. You know, Bill Pullman's great. Oliver Platt's great. Even Bridget Fonda. Like, Bridget Fonda, we haven't talked about her much, but, like, mm-hmm. she's not the best person in this cast, but even she does pretty well as, like, the female lead. I don't mm-hmm. think she's, yeah, like, uh, she's not doing the best job here. But, like, even her, I, I still appreciate and respect what she's bringing to the party. Um mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, like, I don't know. I just feel like the material itself is eh, but like, yeah, the cast is what kind of saves it. And that's why you would rewatch this is because the cast just kind of brings this to life in a way that like, if you had any, like, even just one less person from this cast, like if you didn't have Oliver Platt, you had somebody else in there, it probably wouldn't do as well. Like it probably wouldn't be as entertaining, but it's just the right combination of people that kind of make this entertaining. And as far as like Bridget Fonda feeling a little dulled as far as like what she can bring, I think maybe the lead up to her being in this film, because uh, this came out in 90, 99. In 97, she did Jackie Brown, almost steals that movie. She's so damn good. movie. And then A Simple Plan in 98 with uh, with uh, Billy Bob and Bill Paxton. Uh, directed by Sam Raimi. That movie is so massively underrated. I mean, not t- as far as when you look at on uh, Metascore, because it's like an 81 green. Mm-hmm. Like, it is super celebrated. I feel like people sleep on that movie all the time. And, sh- and Bridget Fonda is fucking incredible in that movie. And then, like, Blasted comes out, like, more of a, you know, a C-grade, B-grade type uh, movie at its core. So, yeah, maybe it just, that's why it feels a little bit diminished. I would still say this is probably the second best uh, horror movie she's been in. Because she was in, like, the Evil Dead franchise, too. She was Linda. Right. Okay. I think it was in Army of Darkness that they kind of had her as as Linda. Not in the second movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Can I... What about... uh, Where's Single White Female? Does that fit into uh, any... That's more thriller than anything, right? Yeah, I think so, but yeah, Single White Female is also a pretty good movie. She also did a Corman movie. Yeah. It's kind of a shame. Fra- she uh, Frankenstein Un- Unbound? Yeah. It's kind of a shame she doesn't act anymore, because she did do some good stuff. But mm-hmm. I get it, you know, gotta look after your teenagers or, you know, whatever. Well, yeah, and then one you can also see what the industry has done to your family. You probably are a little soured on it. For sure. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. I mean, her aunt basically retired from acting for decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I know she still, like, gets chased by paparazzi and stuff. Yeah, yeah. She's, 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 I mean, obviously she's aged a lot in that time, and she doesn't, she doesn't have that Hollywood machine trying to keep her up looking like those starlets and everything and and of course with some of the older actresses and they kind of like fall into the plastic surgery um hole in able in 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 the ability to keep producers looking at them which is a a problem that is that i I, in 2024 feels like we shouldn't have this problem anymore but it's just as bad as always yeah Mm. 
So you, I always get those clickbaity articles that show the picture, that paparazzi picture of Bridget Fonda, like getting groceries and stuff like that. She's unrecognizable. I'm like, or she fucking aged. Yeah. Like people do. Though we're not allowed to let people age. It's like the, the same as like the woman that was in the original Top Gun. And then, mm-hmm. you know, Kelly McGillis. Yeah. And then she, they're like, why did Tom bring you back for Maverick? And she's like, because I like age like a regular human being like yeah exactly but you know he wanted uh you know hot sexy for, for top gun maverick so so in comes jennifer Connolly. yeah okay uh time for plugs steve where can people find you on the internet yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram and uh, Letterboxd at the Steve Dead. Uh, you can find my website, stevestebbing.ca, and you can find a lot of my work on the Facebook group, The Shift Heads, with uh, Shane Hewitt. Uh, I do uh, a bunch of work with him. Also, please uh, like and subscribe to my uh, my YouTube page. It's just Steve Stebbing. If you uh, if you search search that in there, and I do a weekly video of what the hell should I watch, um, and I have some other surprises that will be coming to that YouTube show eventually. So uh, help me build my following up, everybody, because um, I lost the national radio gig because I canceled that show. So um, yeah, help me out, friends. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I mean, pretty much just Instagram under the username Techronomicon. I'll get back to my other stuff at some point. Uh, life is just so busy. Um, I do have a blog, sirstianic.home.blog. Uh, you can go follow that if uh, you want updates when I do stuff on the internet again. Um, and then I also have a Letterboxd account, uh, also under the username Circeanic, um, which you can follow for uh, movie scores and reviews and stuff. Nice. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm over at Three Angry Nerds, where, yeah, got a bunch of stuff up for review. You can hear my review of The Book of Clarence, which I'm pretty sure Christians are going to hate this movie, and I can't wait Good. for the inevitable... Good. Uh, James Samuels takes takes it to him. Yeah, actually, like it's funny because I didn't watch any trailers for this. I didn't read any synopsis or nothing. I literally went blind to this movie. It was a genuinely entertaining movie, but there's things that they kind of do in it that I was like, like I wasn't offended personally, but I was like, oh god, you were you were definitely gonna gonna get some groups of people riled up with this. I don't want to spoil too much, but yeah, there's some stuff that they they definitely um, they definitely uh, will will get some people riled up. So oh no, people are gonna be mad at Jay Z. That's not bad. <laughs> no, no. He produced it, so. Uh, and then yeah, probably well, yeah, and then I also have uh, reviews going up soon of Echo and Mean Girls. Um, Echo, I've seen already. Is yeah is is this when's this gonna be up? Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday? Yeah. Okay, we can say something about it. I think Echo rocks. I don't know. I, I The fight scenes are... I'm all about those fight scenes. Oh, man. Such good shit. And this is what happens when you go wide on fight scenes and let people see what's going on. Yeah. It kind of, like, reminded me of Fargo a little bit. Like, sort of, like, big action comes to small town kind of feel. Yes. Like. 
Yeah. I don't know. I really dug it. I, I like Fargo. Uh, I'm excited yeah. to see because they only gave us like the first three episodes. So. Yeah. I, I thought I was going to get all five, like with uh, like how they gave us all of the what if episodes. Yeah. But uh, no, just the three. So I'm going to be definitely devouring the two when it comes out on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, and I really like how proudly indigenous it is. Oh, yeah, like it really wears it on its sleeve. A lot of production people from Reservation Dogs and Dark Winds do that show. Um, and uh, Alakwa Cox, or Al- is that what her name is? Alakwa Cox, the, the who plays Echo, plays Maya. Yeah, she's so great. She's so great. And Devery Jacobs is in this, and Devery Jacobs plays Alora Dannon on Reservation Dogs. I I want her to be like a huge actress because I just I love her because I love Reservation Dogs to death. It's such a good show. Yeah, but yeah, go watch uh, Echo. It's it's great. Um, it's definitely like a lot more shorter, concise than most other uh, Marvel stuff. It's only like five episodes and like mm-hmm. even it's part of a Marvel spotlight, which they're saying is not directly MCU, but it is very MCU connected. Yeah, like I think it's just their way of being like this can potentially be more uh, violent or whatever. Cause yeah, mm-hmm. some of the violence and it does get to be a little more gruesome than you're probably used to. It's yeah, it's by no means like John Wick level or anything, but like still, it's there's blood and there's 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 headshots and there's stuff in it. So yeah, it gets me a little more excited for Daredevil because the last time we saw Daredevil was in She Hulk, and I was like, "Oh God, if this is what we have coming, then count me out." But <laughs> I I saw this and I was like, "Okay, I'm I'm slightly more optimistic now about uh, Daredevil mm-hmm. project." So, mm-hmm. anyways, yeah, and then Mean Girls I'm seeing on Monday, so I'm very excited to see what happens with that because Sutton tells me, "A, we don't need a Mean Girls remake." whatever they're doing with this, but I'm, I'm going to check it out. So, uh, and then, yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm not going to call it X because fuck you. Um, mm-hmm. foam credit code. That's me. And yeah. Um, yeah. Until next time when we talk Halloween H2O. Bye for now.